Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Clio Talk. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And we have some fan favorites, Sam and Laney, back to talk <laughs> about the park service again. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us back. Thank you. It's totally not like we're recording this. Shut, shut up, shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a long week. It has been a long week. Uh, there's been some debate on if do they want to rename the airport in Kansas City? No, let's not rename it. MCI is good. MCI is good. Wait, uh, to what? What would they name it to? Uh, it, just been, pick whatever. <laughs> they, they've been debating like renaming it to literally whatever. But Amelia Earhart, uh, Buck O'Neill. Uh, it, I saw it's like Sly James. Yeah, Mayor Sly James. I've seen Jesse Jesse James floated as well. Uh, um, wasn't Amelia Earhart from Kansas? Yes. I mean that would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, naming after some random other Missouri politicians, like you know, uh, former president of the United States Harry Truman. Get Charles Lindbergh International Airport. Yeah, you could. Oh, well, tweet that's in Congress right now. I don't know. You got to speak up. I can't think of his name. Who's that little twink that's in Congress right now? Are, are, are you talking about Josh Hawley? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could. Josh Hawley. No, I mean, some some people have said Walt Disney because he's from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I say you name it after the international airport that also exists in Kansas City and opened up a few weeks ago. Oh, like Kansas City International Airport? Yeah, Kansas City International Airport, International Airport. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other idea I liked was uh, naming it Barbecue. <laughs> uh, see, that, that's a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> barbecue, BCI, Barbecue International Airport. Anyways, this has been the Cleocast. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, we're going to take a uh, pretty aggressive gear shift towards uh, talking about true crime because we have two uh, experts to talk about the park service and missing hikers. Experts is a strong word. Yeah, I listen to true crime podcasts. I am not an expert in true crime. We're a history podcast, not a true crime podcast. There is a difference. Yeah, We Uh, were present in the park at the time that these folks went missing. I guess we'll call that expertise. Exactly. So, uh, I'm going to let Lainey jump into it. Who's the first person you're going to tell us about? Well, we have two cases we're going to talk about. One in Grand Teton, one in Yellowstone, and then I found the uh, MPS's cold case page, and we're going to go through some of those. Um, So, the first one we're going to talk about is the aforementioned one that Sam said that we were present for. Um, So, in the summer of... 2021 um, a Jackson resident reported seeing a man named Sean McLaughlin and if you think you know how to spell Sean you don't it's spelled Gaelic so it's spelled with a C so this guy Um, is Irish he is from Ireland he was working in Jackson and one day he just went hiking up in the mountains and never saw him again just vanished We've all had those days. Right? Just one of those days. I mean, when you say you you want to fuck off into the woods and just never return, usually you don't mean it. But, um, well, different folks, different strokes. Yeah. So, um, he was last seen on June 8th, excuse me, 2021. I kind of feel bad for joking now. It's kind of recent. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, this was uh, somewhere we were there, and he was reported missing on that day. It was the day after that his family said that he didn't check in, and um, search efforts uh, started immediately. Um, they were searching a what is basically a giant area of the park, the Bradley Taggart Lake, up into the because they they basically saw him in at a trailhead and then didn't see him again, so he could have gone anywhere. Um, they had so many people searching for him that some of our friends who were not in law enforcement were. T- able to come join him so my crew the vegetation crew was out on the search i know some of my friends in the trail crew actually got to hop on helicopters and got airlifted and dropped into the mountains to do some uh gridding for him up in the moraines so yeah it was a pretty concentrated park-wide effort like lots of people came out and volunteered and helped out to try to get this guy found yeah so they searched for him for about a month and then the um, Gabby Petito thing happened, and if you haven't heard about that, um, it was a whole thing. Um, why don't you, you kind of just assume that people don't know, because I don't know okay. if I know. So Gabby Petito is a adorable little white girl from Florida who went on a hashtag van life road trip with her boyfriend. 
Turns out the boyfriend is an abusive piece of shit. Was. Um, was, sorry. Um, was an abusive piece of shit. There is a body cam video of them at um, Arches National Park think, yeah, in Arches. Moab um, being um, interviewed by police. And the police basically did everything that they were legally able to do um, once they noticed that she was being abused by him. Which was, actually they went a little bit above and beyond their call of duty, which was telling her like, hey, why don't we put you in a hotel while your car is being fixed. Um, and then once the car was fixed, she got back in the van, they went up to Grand Teton. Um, he strangled her, he left her in a pile of leaves at Spread Creek, and he went back to Florida. They found her body. Um, shortly after he returned, later, yeah, yeah, shortly after he returned to Florida, basically he got back to Florida and then reported her missing. And then they found her. They were like, oh, he strangled her to death and then hid her body. And then he went missing. He went off into the swamps in Florida, shot himself in the head. His body disappeared for three months. Yada, yada, yada. No one wins. It was a terrible thing. But, yeah, it's a very sad story. Yeah, that whole thing which was a basically a nation like everyone around the, the country was talking about it if you were in true crime um and that brought the attention away from this poor this, guy yeah greatly over overshadowed sean's yeah. di disappearance so um a couple months pass it basically you know they basically switched from a I can't remember the, the word from it, like a high intensity search to a lower intensity search, but with the intention to still, you know, we're still going to look out for him. And then the speculation started. Um, about a year passes. And um, in June of 2022, so he went missing in June of 2021. So in June of 2022, we all wake up to this press release from Grand Teton that says, I'm going to read it because I have it right here, false information in search for missing hiker results in restitution and five-year ban from Grand Teton National Park. It turns out that um, a very wealthy woman living in Jackson who thought she was doing, I don't know what she thought she was doing, called in a tip to Grand Teton National Park and said, hey, I saw this guy at Bradley Taggart. I talked to him. He said he was going to go here. And that was the tip. Well, turns out this tip was false. She knew it was false. They did a year's worth of investigating of this tip to find out that she was in fact lying about it. She got a $17,600 fine for calling in this false tip. Slap on the wrist, really. Um, well, yeah, because she's a very wealthy person, so it's like nothing to her. But, um, they found out that her tip caused them to search an area that we he was actually was not in, um, which was the Bradley Tagger area and the canyons behind it. They spent about 532 hours searching this area, and our friends got to search this area. Yeah, this is actually the area that our friends were airdropped yeah. into. So after this, she also got banned from the park for five years, but... Um, that doesn't really matter because she moved to Costa Rica anyway. Oh. And I'm purposely not saying her name. Um, but, yeah, so uh, in 2022, they resumed the search in the area that was not the area that they searched. Um, but after you go through a Grand Teton winter, it's kind of hard to find a body. Um, we, we also have some speculation of what we think happened, like actually happened to them and why they weren't able to find them because... They actually found two other bodies. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, there was one which was a missing person from, like, the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then there was another one. Um, I can't remember the other one. I think yeah, another I missing person from, like, the 80s or 90s that they found when they were searching for this dude. So if he if his body had been up there, they probably would have found it. Well, that's kind of so cool. So I... It they're they're just looking for bones at this point basically right yeah after yeah. after like the first couple weeks passed it essentially becomes not a rescue mission but like a body recovery mission mm -hmm. yeah and scavengers are pretty pretty good at cleaning bones up there so even after a couple months it probably would have been that that is terrifying yeah I, mm -hmm. it, that is that is i guess why you hike with a buddy or something yes. i don't like yeah, yeah, we at, can, the, we at can the end of the episode that, yeah. we're, we're gonna give our uh ranger tips for how to not go missing in a national park yeah. i just say i do appreciate that there's still places that are wild enough in the united states that you can like die to nature yes. i i, I do 
I do love that. Do, it it died in nature, and then they do a search for your body. Yeah, don't they'll just find never it, find and it. And then thirty years later, they find your corpse looking for a different body. Yes. Yeah. And and that corpse is just bones, which I'm I'm sure that there that's dental records. Yeah. I do. Yeah. This is why we gotta preserve our parks. It's the last places for us to be reminded that we are animals. And that is why you go to the dentist so you can update update a dental record also, in case yeah. it exactly. lost. True. Do you guys want to hear what we think happened to him? Oh, go ahead. Sure. Okay, so my, t- my my tattoo artist. This is this is all speculation. <laughs> this is a, yeah. We're this gonna is... start by saying this is all entirely speculation. This is not public record. This, this is, is like all of our personal yeah, opinions. It's all, slash... Yeah. Here, so, the speculation zone. Yeah. So, <laughs> my tattoo artist was telling me she's a big um, hunter, and she was telling me that one of her friends, who uh, is a big hiker and hikes a lot in the park, um, was in that area around the same time that he went missing and saw a mountain lion. So, what I personally think happened is that mountain lions do this thing called caching, C-A-C-H-E, and it's basically where they find food. They don't want to share the food with anything else, so they hide it. Mm. So they'll shove it under a rock, they'll bury it under leaves, and it is very hard to find a mountain lion cache um, unless you know what you're looking for. So my personal opinion is that this mountain lion found him um, and was like, cool this is my food i'm not hiding it from anyone and with all those giant rocks out there he probably won't be able to find it unless you start looking under rocks to add to that it was pretty unlikely that he was stalked and killed by a mountain lion a lion um the prevailing theory around like around you know jackson bars is that um uh this guy was diagnosed with like a terminal form of brain cancer Mm. allegedly and rather than like you know go through the treatment process and like you know watch your body degrade or whatever the fuck happens with brain cancer he just chose to go up into the mountains and just die from exposure basically and then link to you know what you just said like the mountain lion probably finding his corpse or near dying corpse and then caching it yeah they um he left all of his belongings in his car so like his yeah, car he was took left in the trailhead and he had nothing with him, so he probably, he either... Um, Any hiker worth their salt is not going to go up into the Teton Range without water, a, food, yeah. uh, you know, uh, rain gear, anything and like he that. he lived there, so he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a pretty solid theory. Yeah. So that it, it was a, it, it was a suicide, speculation suicide. Speculation yeah, suicide. It's, yeah. Suicide and then corpse hiding by mountain lion is our speculation. Okay. Um, the other my my crazy theory is that he decided he wanted to change his life, and something that has actually happened before there, which would be another full episode. Or there's other podcasts that I can recommend that have done fantastic coverages of this. Is a dude who murdered his entire family, ran off into the woods as if he was going to go live in the trees, and then just like hitchhiked and then changed his name. Ah. Oh, I actually, I did hear a story about something like that where uh, one guy was living on the Appalachian Trail for mm. years. Fuck the Appalachian uh, Trail. Yeah, living off of a, a trail name. Yeah, and, uh, yes. Yeah. And, and, and cycling that. in and out. And eventually, like, one a trail hiker watched some documentary about uh, cold cases. And his face popped up. And was like, wait, I know that yep. guy. That's mm-hmm. this insert weird hippie name from a trailhead I met yeah. once. Did you see the guy also because the the Appalachian Trail is haunted as hell? Did you see the Allegedly. guy? Did you see the guy who like lived in, in like a camp, and he was like oh living away from society for twenty years, but he was actually just like stealing shit out of people's houses, for like he was just like living by himself off in the woods. I'll see if I can find it. It's a great article. That by one's Forbes. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, the, uh, that and the Pacific Crest Trail are two things that are just like they seem so cool but also so extremely terrifying uh, mainly the Appalachian Trail because those mountains are old and yeah, you those, don't those are old ancient mountains they're much yeah. older than the Rockies the, yeah. there's there's some there's yeah there's just something about something about those mountains that are I a just bit like weirder. they're older than bones I like the preservation of mystery you know like smartphones and all that everybody's got a camera i just like that there's places that you can get lost in and there's places where it's like weird stuff happens that nobody knows about like like cryptids and stuff we need to keep making cryptids it's cool i, <laughs> I, I like mysteries yeah cryptids like on the appalachian trail you can yes. be mothman 
That's what I'm saying. I don't. God, I wish I could meet. I Bob don't Man. think that's in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I don't think the Appalachian Trail runs through there. It doesn't. Dang. I don't think so. Let's just say it does because it's our podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, well if, if, <laughs> maybe Mothman migrates. Mothman yeah, Mothman flies. He migrates uh, towards the light. So the pre- fun fact, the prevailing theory behind the Mothman sightings what was that it was just like a barn owl, and because people see weird shit in the dark, because you're like you're don't look at me like that, Laney. A barn owl that just happened to appear uh, near bridges that were about to go down every time. Whatever. Skeptic versus believer. Wow, do owls live in structures, and then maybe the owl knows. Maybe the owl knows. Is it living on a bridge? I don't know. You think the owl knows when the bridge is going to collapse? Yeah, it probably makes a sound. No, it's Mothman. Oh my god! But yet, Mothman ate my entire ass at a Denny's. But but yeah, the the preserving of mystery and like how we living like basically on the cusp of like the Great West as like the last kind of like condensed city as Kansas City. If you look at the map anything west there's a large gap and there's denver and then there's basically like so, it's, the, it's a bunch the rockies of, yeah it's, it's yeah. basin and range until you get to california and then salt lake city full of you know but they, salt lake city probably shouldn't exist but you so know i'm saying if you pull yes. up if you pull up to the donner pass they should give you a carton wagon and be like nah this is the only way cars are banned <laughs> man, I, you gotta go man i remember uh seeing, that. seeing yeah. that post a few weeks ago from uh california highway patrol warning people not to try and cross donner pass because it was too <laughs> snowed in <laughs> snowed have in. you seen the pictures of california is getting destroyed by snow this yeah, year it, they're just like yeah, we've got 15 feet of snow, and you see like their the top of their house, and then another 10 feet of snow. Above it's like their house. it's like the atmospheric river, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, the the drought's over, I think. Right? It's got to be close. I, I hope so. I've seen the satellite pictures of uh, both the like San Francisco Bay Area, and then also like the Los Angeles Basin, basically, and it, it seems like completely like rejuvenated. Yeah, the satellite images. TBD. There was already an eight-acre wildfire in Colorado recently. Oh, so we'll see how long this uh, wet spell lasts. Yeah, climate change is a hell of a drug. I smoke that shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you have any other? I do. Adventures into true crime. This is a really uplifting episode. Yeah. Uh, do you want to be really scared of the nothing? <laughs> Well, to move a little away from Grand Teton and up to the uh, another wild place, Yellowstone National Park. So the title of this article reads, quote, Missing Montana hiker found dead near Yellowstone after apparent encounter with a grizzly bear, authorities say, end quotes. So in case you were living under a rock and just generally not aware of this, there is a sizable grizzly bear population in the uh, greater Yellowstone ecosystem, uh, which includes basically um northwestern wyoming yellowstone national park and grand teton so i'll read a little bit of this article a missing hiker was found apparently mauled to death by a grizzly in the montana wilderness authorities announced saturday uh this gentleman who had been missing since setting out for a hike possibly in search of antler sheds Hmm. and this Um, was this time last year by the way this is march of of last year so it couldn't have been the cocaine bear cocaine bear uh the actual cocaine bear um did not live a very long life after getting into all that cocaine oh. it kind of died of an od well it's just one of those days yeah you know <laughs> you know any given sunday man so this guy kind of did everything <clears throat> excuse me everything right um the sheriff's office was notified of an overdue hiker when his friend returned to the to the car after they became separated. Our dog, who was in the studio with us, just ripped a huge fart. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why. I'm going to open up the window. Probably picked up on the mic, honestly. <laughs> like, that was, that was powerful. Oh I'm going to open up the window so a bit sorry. more. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah that got me she good she looks so proud of herself too yeah she's very she feels very very relieved right now <laughs> uh anyways so yeah this was near this was not this was near uh livingston montana so not in in yellowstone where it is illegal to shed hunt so what is shed hunting 
So deer and um, other things that have antlers, so like moose and stuff, naturally like they go through si yearly cycles where they grow and then lose their antlers. Um, so they'll grow like a new pair every year. So around this time of year, they will lose their antlers. Um, and there's a great video of a, I think it's a moose losing its antlers and it just like violently yeah, shakes its head and they just like pop right off and go flying. Um, but antlers are worth a fuck ton of money. Like, it's like $80 a pound or something crazy yeah, like that. Ridiculous. So, you can this, get like so a, this, these are elk and moose antlers, so you're probably not going to get that much out of there. like, like white-tailed deer and antlers yeah. around here. Yeah. yeah, but like out there, you get you can get like a pretty good price. So people will go out and they will, um, they'll shed hunt and just like load up their packs with like tons of antlers. Yeah, they're walking and out with literal amount of antlers. Hmm. And so you have to go out pretty far to find them usually because the ones in like the more front country area are going to get picked pretty clean. So you usually have to hike pretty far back to find them. But yeah, basically in Wyoming, Montana, Yellow, or Idaho, um, you're in grizzly bear country. And so since this guy was kind of hiking out in the woods in March, that's when grizzly bears tend to come out of hibernation and they are fucking starving when they wake up. So... It's it is it is rare for grizzly bears to attack humans. Uh, there's at least eight people that have been killed by grizzlies in the Yellowstone region since 2010, which is a pretty small number. Now only eight. Since yeah, only eight since 2010. How many people died of geysers? We had. There's well, one we had, I can picture. Like yeah, there was. Did you see it? No, just imagine a foot in a pool. That's what happened last summer. Yeah. They just found a foot in one of the pools, and they were like, what does this mean? And then they they literally concluded that investigation, like, this year, like, a couple weeks ago, where they were like, they figured out who the guy was. He, like, he just left in the middle of the night. They think he slipped off and just fell, and then everything was gone from his foot. Yep, just dissolved. That there's also the that guy also be a whose, whose dog, who was walking his dog off leash on the boardwalks near Old Faithful, his dog jumped into like a, a thermal pool. He jumped in after it to get it out and he died like, what, like a couple hours later? A preview for a later episode. That one was two weeks later. Oh, Jesus wow. Christ. So, spoiler alert, uh, if you're in a national park with your dogs, keep them on a fucking leash. Well, that, I think you're a piece of shit if you no, no, no. walk your dogs that off That guy leash. was the reason why dogs are no longer allowed on boardwalks in Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Why don't they uh, put up guardrails? Um, you know? Because you wouldn't be able to see the pools through the guardrails, and they try to do... Believe it or not, they do actually try to restrict as little as possible for people. They only do as much as they can to like make they, it so people don't kill, like they, hurt themselves. They really trust people. They do. Much and, too you much know, so, yes. I mean, it's like it is your public land. Like it is your, you know, everyone's public land. So we're gonna do our best to make it as accessible as possible. But then, like, there are certain places where, like, yeah. Maybe don't step into the boiling water that's 280 degrees. Maybe Your skin the... won't be on when you get out. Yeah, maybe he the warning signs that are all over Yellowstone warning you about these thermal areas and fragile ground. Yeah. I don't really want to be swallowed into the depths of the earth by boiling you hot can water. Also just I, be I really like don't want that. Walking in the backcountry in Yellowstone and just fall through the crust because there are some areas where the crust is thin that they just don't know about. That's why I don't hike in Yellowstone. Oh, okay, like I before talking to you guys, I was like, "Wow, the world's your oyster out there, out there in the parks." But now I, I don't want, I don't want to. Go. I mean, it still fear is, <laughs> it still is, but be smart about it. Have a healthy fear and do your research. To it, so what should I do if I'm going to go hiking in a national park to make sure that I, uh, one, don't die, and two, if I do die or go missing, that they're able to know that I've gone missing and somehow mount a rescue operation. So number one rule is when you go hiking, you need to make yourself a um, itinerary, and then you give the itinerary to the park and also to a friend. And part of that itinerary should might or should include uh, check-ins. So you'll say, every three days, I'm going to be in a place that has cell phone service, and I'm going to call and check-in. And so for the guy who got mauled by the grizzly bear, he did, didn't... Did we ever finish that? I, did we? I feel like we got sidetracked and we never we actually... We did kind of get sidetracked. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Like, a grizzly bear fucking got him. 
Yeah. Like he he left behind like a wife. And, and, okay, kids. okay, okay. I thought grizzly bears just ate like berries and fish and stuff. Yeah, but imagine not eating for six months and then coming out and seeing just like a meat bag walking around. So you you'd see, be like, oh shit. You see this hunk good. of meat bent over, scrounging the the fucking dead bones of some other animal. And you're a giant ass hungry bear, and you know that you can charge at what thirty miles per thirty hour? miles per hour thirty yes. miles per hour, and basically that this bag of meat has three seconds to react. Huh. So and you haven't eaten for six months. Yeah, I would prefer to not. Do you that. haven't yeah. eaten for six months. Yeah. This was a ravenous bear. So usually the only like deaths that occur from grizzly bears are either they're. Uh, mom protecting their cubs uh the bear is sick or the bear is like this where it's like starving like <clears throat> or protecting a uh a kill or protecting a kill yeah we've had, we, we, we actually did have a hunter die one year remember that one? Oh yeah that one was that was a big one that because i fucked. um that that was like a classic example of guns don't work bear spray does um, because the, the guy tried shooting at the bear first, and when that didn't work, then he tried bear spray, but he tried bear spray while the bear was already on him, and that did not work. So he ended up getting mauled by the, by the bear. Did he die? Oh, yeah. So, so, so the whole story is, it was a hunting guide who died. He was taking a client out. Uh, a client and his whole family. And his whole family? Oh, I thought yeah. it was just a client. Okay, well, anyways, they got an elk, uh, tracked it. I think it got dark, so they came back the next day. Well, a grizzly had come in and claimed it, so while they were starting to dress it, the bear charges out. So and so the group of like five or six people went, they took down this elk, so the elk was dead. They were like, oh, it's too late in the day. We'll just come back and get it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The next day, the rest of the family went back to Florida. And so it was just the guide and one guy. Uh, yeah, so it was and just the... two guys where there was another, another tip for you to interject that, hike in groups. Don't yes. hike by yourself in grizzly country. Hike in groups of at least two. Um, no one has ever been um, of a group of two or more. So, like, groups of three have never been attacked by bears. Yeah. Continue. Uh, anyways, the bear charges them, gets on gets on top of the, of the hunting guide. Um, the client, what, he, like, shoots the gun? He pulls, so they had... He shoots the gun had, and then throws it at the guy yeah, as he's had, being mauled and then runs. They had, holst they had hung the guns up on a tree while they were dressing this elk didn't know that the bear had claimed the elk and so the the hunting guide was dressing the elk without any gun or bear spray or anything mm -hmm. like that the bear comes out pounces on him the dude says hey throw like throw me something shoot you know shoot the bear shoot the bear bear spray it, something like that the the guy grabs the gun throws it throws at him it at and him. fucking takes off runs so the guy obviously survives. He literally, the next day after this happened, flew back to Florida. Did he catch yeah. any charges? No. I don't think so. Because he technically did not do anything. Morally, he did everything wrong. Yeah, he Legally, he didn't do anything wrong. Florida man. Yes. <laughs> Florida <laughs> man. Yeah. Let's yeah. a wild Throws gun <laughs> The bear had, did have bear spray deployed on it, but it was at a close range, it looks like. Bear spray doesn't work at close range. Because by that point, the bear usually, like, you have to get it before the bear gets so much adrenaline that it can fight through it. Yeah. But when you get a bear as it's charging at you, it'll deter the bear. Guns will just make it, um, make the adrenaline, like, spike in the bear and it won't. You can shoot a bear in the face with a gun and it'll still maul you to death before it dies. Yeah, you have to have, like, eagle eye precision and heavy enough rounds yeah. to clock a bear through the eye socket into its brain in the three seconds that it takes to get... To charge you. The Revenant is an excellent example of this, actually, where the dude shoots the bear with a shotgun three times, and the bear sort of, like still mauls the shit out of him and then dies. So that's an excellent example of why bear spray works better because usually the bear and the person survive. So. Bears are cool. Yes, no, they are. Fucking cool. Yes, they are. Bears are like the hippos of North America. Yes. Yeah. Um. Anyway, to go back to your how to oh, yeah, the itinerary, yeah. yeah. Trying so to keep us somewhat on trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Keep an itinerary, give the itinerary to someone, never <laughs> hike if no one knows where you're going, and then stick to your itinerary. Because if it's, you know, eight days and you were supposed to be there for six and the park is like, okay, well, we haven't heard from this person, we're going to go try to find them. 
where should they go? They'll follow your itinerary and see if they find you there. Um, next one, this one doesn't always happen, but don't hike alone if you can. Some people love hiking alone, and if you do, just make sure that you have like... Make sure a, someone knows where you're going. Someone knows you're going. Make sure you have a GPS, um, like a Garmin or something like that, where they can ping it and figure out where you are if you go missing. Or like, what are those avalanche things called? Beacons? Yeah, or a beacon. Because if you fall and hurt yourself, you can activate the beacon and, and it'll it'll basically call the closest EMS and say, hey, this person activated their beacon. They're hurt here. The really expensive ones, you can actually talk to them through. Oh. There, there's a flight watch uh, like that where you can like, I don't remember what company makes it, but it's like for like pilots where there's like a little GPS thing and you just yank it off your watch. Oh. Saw that on an episode of Top Gear, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they had to go like rescue Hammond in the middle of Canada. Yeah. And like, you know, in the show, he, he dies. They don't find him in time, but he, he didn't actually die. But yeah, his, it's got like three days of electricity or something. It, it's pretty cool. Nice. Um, and then bear spray if you're in bear country is the big one. Bear spray, have multiple if you need to. It has five seconds of spray. Learn how to use it correctly. Always have it on your hip. I don't know how many people I was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have the bear spray in your backpack. Maybe you should have it on your hip. It's not really going to help you if it's in your backpack. And they're just like, okay, and kept hiking. So why does bear spray work better than like a forty-four Magnum? Um, we, we went into that. Is because well, the they mentioned the bear doesn't die, but why would the bear spray stop it when the gun wouldn't? So, so bear spray is super concentrated pepper spray, basically. Yeah. So it blinds them. It enters their airway through their nose and mouth and basically stops them in their tracks and makes them be more focused on themselves. So basically what happens is they'll, it'll flood all their orifices in their face and have either of you been pepper sprayed? Yes. It's like that, but uh, killed a uh, killed a cop uh, on January 6th. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really, really concentrated. So, so bears have like an excellent sense of smell. Yeah. So what you do when you deploy a bear spray, you don't aim at the bear, you aim at the ground in front of the bear for what it's worth when the bear is charging you. And it will create a big cloud that the bear will then run through, its nostrils open, mouth open, eyes open, catch all that shit and be stopped in its tracks. Ideally. Just, yeah, it'll just run off into the woods and it'll, you know, it'll start like scraping at itself, you know, trying to fix itself. The bear will be fine after a couple weeks. Um, the gun causes the bear to have an adrenaline spike, like I said, uh. which basically makes it invincible. It'll still bleed out eventually, but it will, it will be able to maul you to death before it bleeds out. That so you either sense. have to have perfect aim when a two-ton chunk of fur is running at you. I've, I've had this argument with so many people where they're just like, you just have to have a strong enough gun. And I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. You just have to have perfect aim when a giant bear is charging you because they can run at 30 miles per hour. You think you're going to be able to aim and shoot it either perfectly in the heart or perfectly through the eye in that time? Unless you're a Navy SEAL, I doubt it. I think my BAR could stop it. Well, the, actually, there is one really good use for a gun in a bear encounter. So, um, when the bear is charging at you, <laughs> you take the gun and just fucking kill yourself before the bear can get you. Because at least that way, it'll be quick and painless. Yeah, that's probably going to ding us. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So, uh... I, I realized, too. After, Got that look in his eyes. After you drive off the bear, like, it's not coming back to you after no. that. No, Ideally, okay. no. You should just you should get the fuck out of wherever so you, you were. You're gonna be impacted by that bear spray too, because yeah. it's affected by the wind. So yeah, yeah. So it's you better get, hope you're not downwind. Of it. Yeah, it's best to get the fuck out. So so you're gonna hold uh, bear spray number two to keep on the other side of your hip, have that loaded, and then be booking it. Yes, okay. I do know a person. <laughs> this is Commander what Commander Bear Spray. Yeah. I do I do actually know a guy who was hiking by himself off trail somewhere. It wasn't on. It was in like Moran Canyon or something like that. One of the ones that, that like you can't get to unless you're a crazy person. And he was hiking up there and he told us, I don't know if this was true or not, but he told us he had six grizzlies approach him and one bear spray. And I don't remember how he said he got out of there, but he was like, yeah, there were literally six grizzlies coming at me. 
and I had one bear spray, and I think he might have sprayed one of them and then just fucking... And also never run away from a bear. It activates their predator-prey response, and they will think that you are prey, and they'll chase after you. If you've ever had, like, an Aussie or a Border Collie or something, they do the same thing where when you run with them, they'll, like, nip at your ankles because they think you're a, uh, a cow. Um, but never run away from a bear. We do actually have, like, documented cases where like the parents run and the kid just stands there and stares at the bear and the bear chases the parents and just like walk goes right by the kid who's just standing there like whoa um there is also a case in yellowstone where the parents ran and the bear didn't chase them and got the kid Uh, really yeah when I don't know. It was, so, like, it was a while. It wasn't like when we were with the park service. So I remember reading about basically that. just don't, just don't. Just have bear spray and know when to use it. Just be prepared. Don't don't use bear spray on a bear that is not charging at you. We've also had that happen where there was a bear just like sitting in the middle of the trail, like giving itself a bath or something, and a dude just walked up and sprayed it so that it would get off the trail. Don't do that, That's please. Fucked. That's, just, throw that's your, just animal cruelty. Just throw your pocket bleach on top of your pocket ammonia and then <laughs> run away. <laughs> uh, also, don't use your bear spray on uh, Capitol Police officers. Yes, also don't do that. Yeah. Just also, bear spray is considered a, um, a lethal weapon. So if you get attacked on the Appalachian Trail and you have bear spray on you, you can use it. Yeah. There was an instance in my first season at Grand Teton where a um, a foreign family, I think they were from China. Yes, JJ works. Oh yes, yeah. I mean, so, so they came, they came through, bought a thing of bear spray, and thinking it was like mosquito spray, this dude sprayed down his family with the bear spray. Yeah, and it's not all to the hospital with like what third degree burn? Second yeah. Also, third degree yeah. Burns? Don't don't spray your kids with it. It's not like bug spray. <laughs> We had, oh we had another thing where, they, also don't let your kids play with it, because we had another what? thing where the, um, the, the kids were playing with the bear spray in, like, the back of the van and deployed it. <laughs> also. And it, it will, it will literally make your car undrivable for, like, two months. Also, bear spray is uh, sensitive to heat. So don't so keep don't, it in a hot yeah, car. Yeah, don't keep it in a hot car. <laughs> yeah, it literally will become a projectile of destroy. Like, people will put it on their dashboard, and it'll become a projectile. We, and we, had, a, yeah, we had a friend. I had a friend uh, once keep one of those, like, uh, air conditioning, like, refueler thing, like R34. <laughs> but, he, but he kept it in his back windshield, oh and it was uh, it, and his, and the back windshield was facing the sun, and it was, like, a really hot September day. And uh, he was like not by his car at all, but like uh, his roommate just heard an explosion <laughs> and saw that like he had lost basically the entire back windshield, part of like the trim, and like a little bit of his trunk to this like like condensed care and can yeah. just exploding. And then he got the motorcycle, right? Then he got the motorcycle, had the motorcycle for two weeks, and then got t-boned by a car, uh, nearly died, destroyed part of his leg, uh, and uh, now hates all vehicles. All right. I don't think he listens to this podcast, so we're good. And if you do, I mean, you just text me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it'll make your car undrivable if it deploys in your car. You'll have to like drive with your head out the window. That happened. That's what we call yeah. expert mode. Yeah. yeah. Basically, bear spray is dangerous, but bears are even more dangerous. Yes. So if you're even if if any of this is making you nervous, just don't go to Grand Teton. Or if you're going, I should, from what you guys said, basically have a written out plan and maybe a map highlighted or like my all yeah. trails plan. Yes. That's another give it thing. To, give know, it to the rangers. Know your plan. Know the area. Know which trails you want to go on and where they lead. Uh, go out there prepared. Um, bring plenty of water. Bring some snacks. Have good footwear. Fuck off with the flip-flops. Don't show up and ask the rangers to plan your hike for you have it planned i have friends who did the crest trail who planned it like a year in advance yeah mm. and then there are people who just show up and they're like i'm thinking about doing the crest trail what do you think i should do and i'm like not do it this weekend if you haven't planned it yeah like check the weather ahead of time like basically your safety is your responsibility so either rise up and take take the responsible take the responsible choice or just fucking die so it right. it, it sounds like there is an issue with 
some casual vacationers thinking they can do more than what they can. I was in the middle of a 17-mile hike, and there were some, uh, I'm going to call them tourists because they weren't even hikers, flip-flops, plastic water bottle that was already completely drank and flattened down that they're just holding in their hands, uh, no backpack with any extra water, extra snacks or anything like that, and like a toddler with them. And they're, they're like, how much farther is it to Lake Solitude? And I'm like, you got a good <laughs> 10 miles left. Yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't think I'm going to do that today. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You're not going to be able to walk for a month if you do. How far did they make it? <laughs> uh, I this think was in Cascade? It was in Cascade Canyon, so they probably made it about four miles. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that's... and the, the worst elevation gain is the first, like, half mile. Um, so they made it through like the worst part. It's just the rest of it. It's you're walking for 17 miles. So, yeah. Yeah. Remember, whatever you walk in, you got to walk back out. Yeah. You may make it to the beautiful view, but then you have to get out on your own power. And no matter how bad your feet hurt, your feet are getting you back out. Speaking of that, that reminds me, we were in Philmont, right? Because I think we talked about this last time I went to Philmont. Uh, and we were walking, you know, big backpacks on whatever, trekking. I think it was like a 10-mile day to yeah. the next camp. And we're just kind of like eating like lunch, I think, just stopped somewhere. And this guy just comes like running up. And he's like, hey. And we're like, hey. And he's like, uh, which way to uh, – and he says the camp we're going to. And we're like, oh, uh, that way. And he's like, okay, thanks. And he just runs past. He, he was like a, a – He was like a ranger or something. Oh. He worked at the camp. And he's like, yeah, I – I just, uh, I work at this one. I just had to go to this one to meet my friend because we're going to go out. And it's like, okay. So he just like casually ran 10 miles, no water, no backpack. I know some people. Like he, yeah, there's, and a lot, there's a lot of trail running. He made it. He made it. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we checked up on him when we made it to the camp and he made it like four hours before us. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, okay. Trail ran. Yeah. yeah. My, my old boss was a trail runner. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I would trip and die. Uh, yeah. Or get eat, I would get eaten by a bear. Maybe on I, I that's I don't think there are bears in film. I think there's like black bears, like yeah, tiny ones. Mountain lions too. Yeah, mountain lions. Those yeah. are the ones. Does bear spray work on mountain lions? No. Oh, okay. It does work on mountain lions. It doesn't work on moose. Okay. Moose are the most dangerous animal in Grand Teton National. So we've been talking of grizzly bears this whole time. We have we haven't even fucking touched moose, which are ten times more. Scary I don't think than you want to touch bears. moose. Nothing right? works on moose except for. The only thing I've ever seen take down a moose is a Ford F-150, and the Ford <laughs> F-150 got fucked up. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a video. I've seen a video of, a, of that, that truck hitting the moose, and it does a flip, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, stands up and runs holy off. Holy shit, that video sends me to another um, fucking dimension. No, so video. this was broad fucking daylight. Also, motherfuckers, if you're going... Sorry, I'm getting really aggressive, but yeah, this one it, pisses me off. It's if okay. you're going to a national park, don't text and drive, please, because you're going to kill native wildlife. This person was texting and driving in their Ford F-150, 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was yep. daylight. The sun was out. Hits a bull moose on the highway um, so hard that her truck shattered. The moose's antlers shattered. Um, and it shut down the highway for, like, 20 minutes. Don't text and drive in a national park. The right. animals live there you don't okay okay when you say highway do you mean like interstate or do you mean like two-lane like road two-lane road okay I, I was just i was just imagining like a moose standing on the middle of <laughs> i-35 for some reason no, it was <laughs> in a, road at like 55 it was in a okay. no 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 it was it was the grovant circle so it was in a 35 mile an hour zone she, in, she hit it oh. she hit it hard enough to shatter its antlers Eesh. and to destroy her car yeah wow. dumb bitch yeah I'm glad. I'm glad her truck was totaled. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> That's good. <sighs> God, it, you're. It, it, I'm now more scared of the forest than I oh, was don't before. Be. Don't be. You just got to be smart about it and do research. That's yeah. the biggest problem we have. Well, how many bears have we seen in Grand Teton? Um, like hiking. I have seen. I've come across bears maybe three or four times. I saw. One in Cascade Canyon this summer, but it was like a juvenile grizzly. And then we saw that black bear and her cub. I've seen a lot of, I've seen way more black bears than I've seen grizzly bears. Grizzly bears, unless they're like the, like 399 and her, her kin, um, 
grizzly bears kind of try to avoid humans. Black yeah. bears you see all the, all the fucking yeah, time. For I all could beat the shit out of a fucking <laughs> No, you could not. Yes, you could. You could take a black bear. That huge black bear that yeah. crossed the trail. There's No, you can't. Now, uh, in Grand Teton, are there any locations that are like basically the most wilderness like it's almost impossible to get there but when you can it's fantastic what is that location Um, do you want to give that up i don't know about (laughs) impossible to get to because it's all it's the most accessible backcountry i think in the park service because the highway is pretty close to it like the backcountry is not more than like a half day hike anywhere if you are in the in the in the park for like our Backcountry is classified as 200 feet off the road for, like, park dispatch purposes. So, basically, once you get, like, a half mile away from the road on a trail, you're pretty much in the backcountry. And Grand Tetons is more accessible because you can get to the mountains in, like, a couple hours or less. So, um, I would say... I would say Paintbrush Canyon. Yeah. Uh, still accessible. Alaska Basin. Well, that too. I mean, basically everything back there. But, like, Paintbrush Canyon is kind of, it's like, it doesn't have, it's not like a designated trailhead. You don't roll up to the Paintbrush Canyon trailhead. You got to link in from String Lake. Yeah, true. It's like a couple miles back, and it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Not a lot of people go back there. It's, it's a super cool hike. The hardest hike, the hardest canyon to hike. Straight up or straight down. Yeah. And that's why I've never done it. Hmm. And the other question I had, um, since we're talking about grizzlies, let's shift gears to another dangerous animal. Uh, wolves were reintroduced to Yellowstone at what point? Wolves are one of the least dangerous animals in Grand Teton. Well, You're I, never going to see for, a wolf. From what I've heard from people like Ted Turner, they are pretty dangerous and they're going to destroy his livestock. Okay, so... <clears throat> well, I heard that Ted Turner is a stupid bitch. This is this is um, a subject that is dear and dear to my heart. Yeah, that I'm going to get very... Um, I'm going to try not to get aggressive about it. Um, Okay, so wolves, um, coyotes, and foxes are the three canid species in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Foxes are the ones you're most likely to see because they are basically little cats, and they're going to go up and beg for people, and people are like, oh, it's just a cute little fox, just like I saw in Blah, and then they're going to feed them, and then we have to kill them because they will keep coming back for food. Coyotes are scavengers through and through they will kill your chickens they will kill your they will actually kill your livestock um and they act in a very specific scavenger way where they'll eat stuff like roadkill and stuff like that and they're um opportunistic feeders so they're the ones that are gonna go oh hey look there's a box full of free chickens i'm just gonna go let myself in and eat them foxes will also do that to an extent but not as much I still, love, I still love coyotes. People in um, that part of, of Wyoming hate coyotes and have told me that they will go out of their way to swerve to kill them on the road. Fuck those people. Oh. Wolves um, are smart. They are apex predators. They are the top of the food chain, and they are the keystone species that holds the Yellowstone ecosystem together. There's a fantastic video that shows all of the like changes for the good that happened after wolves were reintroduced to the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. Um, like literally rivers were cleaner, like the, the cascades of, like it, it was like a perfect example of how when you put a keystone species back in, it like fixes, in quotes, the ecosystem. Um, but the issue that happens out there is that Farmers do not understand how to secure their, or don't want to do it, how to secure their land so that wolves will not come in (coughs) and kill their livestock. The wolves will not kill their livestock unless they're easy to get to or sick. So that's why wolves are, the argument is always, well, we can control, you know, like the elk population better than they can because we're humans and we have brains. But when, like, when you go hunting, you're not going to go kill a sick elk. You're not going to go kill the scrawniest elk that you see. You're going to go kill, you know, the big 12-point buck, right? You're going to kill the big one that you can mount on your wall and brag about, yeah, I dragged, that dude weighed 500 pounds, I'm going to drag him out. 
um, wolves are going to kill these sick and feeble parts of the population. So they're actually going to make the population healthier for the hunters because overall the animals in the herd are going to be stronger. Um, <clears throat> this is where I need to figure out how to not be super aggressive. Um, farmers are either unwilling to put in the effort or unwilling unwilling in general to cooperate with conservation people because the farmers at least out there are a specific, they're, they're ranchers they're not farmers they just have cattle um, hobby ranchers or real ranchers it depends yeah mm -hmm. um, um, have a specific opinion that they've been told their whole life about wolves that is untrue and they're a lot of them are unwilling to change their minds about that um, because it's easier to just not have wolves, right? Than to, you know, barbed wire your fences and to like put the preventative measures around your land that keep the wolves out. So a lot of times they tend to, just like I said, just go for the, oh, we'll just kill them all. Let's just kill them all. We had a couple years ago a, so they, they usually sell six wolf tags in Teton County. And we had a hunter who killed a wolf within the boundary of Grand Teton. And the reason why this person, so they, they, at first they said, well, I didn't know I was in Grand Teton. And then the Grand Teton official said, well, you passed two signs saying you were entering the park. So unless you're blind, you knew you were in Grand Teton. And they were like, okay, yeah, you caught me. I just killed it because I knew that the six tags wouldn't be filled. And I wanted to kill, I wanted to make sure as many wolves as possible were killed. It's just cruelty. But what it, what it comes down to is it's just cruelty and it's unwilling to cooperate with. I'm sorry about that, everyone. We had a uh, slight incident, which got uh, out of control, but is now in control again. Uh, <laughs> but I think we were at a good stopping point for the episode. So uh, this has been Cleo Talk. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter, at Cleo History. You can email us at uh, CleoHistoryPodcast at gmail.com. And you can go ahead and, uh, if you're able to, share and like this. Uh, tell your friends and uh, leave a review if you want to. We're available anywhere you get podcasts. I've been Matt. I've been RC. And these are our great guests. I'm Lainey. And I've been Sam. And if you want more uh, National Park Service content, uh, go ahead and let us know. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>